0: Good morning. I'm sorry I'm not able to be with you this morning in person, but Jane and I have had to quarantine ourselves for a few days. While we were visiting our son in Indiana this past week, he learned that someone that he had just been in direct contact with tested positive for COVID-19. Neither we nor our son have shown any symptoms of the virus, and we're grateful for that, but we thought it would still be best for all of us to self-quarantine for a few days so we don't risk exposing anyone to the virus. Thankfully, we have the technology already set up here at New Hope to record this message ahead of time. And so I'm grateful to be able to do that. And uh, we welcome you uh, to the service at New Hope, and we're just glad to have this time with you this morning. I want to thank Ken Mead for preaching last week in my absence. Uh, We did listen in uh, last week from Indiana, and Ken did a great job. So thank you, Ken, for that. And so this morning, we begin the topic of lordship. Eli was not a good priest. He had been a good priest at one point, I suppose, but then he started slipping away from the Lord and his strict obedience to him. When his sons Hophni and Phinehas started serving as priests of God only for their own pleasure and benefit, Eli did very little about that. By their disobedience, Israel was led away from the Lord. So God had to intervene in order to get the entire nation back on track. First Samuel 3 tells us what God did. God intervened in the nation of Israel through a young boy named Samuel. Samuel grew up to become both a priest and a prophet of God as well as the last judge to lead the nation of Israel before Israel even had a king. If we read the back story, In 1 Samuel 1, we find out that Samuel was a child that would never have been born if his parents had not faithfully prayed for a child for many years. His mother, Hannah, was barren. So Samuel was a direct answer to her prayers. Hannah promised God that if he should give her and her husband a child, she would give her child back to God to serve him all of his days. God delivered, and so did Hannah. Hannah. And so Samuel became one of the greatest examples and greatest uh, servants of the Lord who ever lived. Before we look at Samuel's story in greater detail, let me teach you a phrase that he learned as a small boy. The phrase is simply this, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Would you please say that with me this morning? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. 1 Samuel 3 tells us how God began to move in the life of young Samuel. Listen to 1 Samuel 3, starting with the first verse. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Please note that this was a time when the word of the Lord was rare and there were not many visions. Visions given maybe to priests or prophets or really anyone. Eli had had no visions from God and no communication from God personally. And it's obvious that he did not understand what was going on when the Lord was trying to speak to Samuel. Note also that the boy Samuel did not know the Lord, at least not personally. The Lord had not yet revealed his word to him. So let's continue reading at verse 8. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it, tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. God was getting ready to clean house and usher in a new time when the people of Israel would serve him again. In 1080 BC, the nation of Israel was at war with its perennial enemy, the Philistines. The people were still worshiping at the tabernacle because no permanent temple had been built to God. Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, decided that they would take the Ark of the Covenant to lead the army of Israel into battle. They thought if they had the ark at the head of the army, it would guarantee victory, but it did not. God was punishing them for their disobedience. The Philistines won the battle, captured the ark of God, and both Hophni and Phinehas were killed. As God spoke to young Samuel, Eli and his sons were just about to die as an act of judgment by God. The boy Samuel would become the lead priest and prophet of God as well as a judge. He would serve the Lord in humility and blamelessness all of his days. And it was Samuel who anointed Saul, the first king of Israel, as well as David, the second king of Israel. Now let's finish the passage in 1 Samuel three fifteen. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. And Samuel answered, here I am. What is it he said to you? Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord, let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and let, he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground, and all Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Eli surely understood that God's judgment was about to fall upon him and his sons, He knew they were about to die, and yet note what he said. He said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. He and Samuel both knew who the absolute Lord of heaven and earth is, and they understood what their position was before him. Do we? Please say Samuel's phrase with me again. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Listening is not just hearing what the master says, listening is obedience. You see, lordship is about leadership, absolute leadership in someone's life. Lordship is about God's leadership in the lives of all true followers. Lordship is about who leads your life or mine, who rules your life or mine. Of course, as Christians, that leader must be Jesus Christ. When we have a Lord, we realize that we are only servants of that Lord. We are expected to do whatever He says to do. We obey His commands. We fulfill His wishes. Only what He desires matters at all. And that's what it means to have a Lord. Lordship is about leadership. Absolute leadership. Is Jesus really our Lord? Do we really understand that we are His servants? In Luke seventeen, seven through 10, Jesus illustrated this concept to his disciples. He said this, Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after his sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink. After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Do you get what Jesus was saying here? If someone is a servant, he works all day at his master's pleasure, at his master's will. Whatever the master wants him to do, that's what he does all day long. And at the end of the workday, he comes back exhausted. But his work isn't finished yet. His master doesn't say, why don't you go ahead and sit down? You've had a tough day. I'll make supper for you. No, he says, get my supper and then you can enjoy your own. The servant knows his place. He knows that his master is far greater than he is and he always will be greater than he is. Do we know our place? Do we know our place in the master's house? I heard about a young man who joined the Navy. But shortly after joining the Navy, the new recruit asked his commanding officer for a pass so he could attend a friend's wedding. The officer gave him the pass, but he informed the young man that he would have to be back on base by 7 p.m. Sunday night. You don't understand, sir, said the recruit. I'm in the wedding. <laughs> and he said, no, you don't understand. He said, you're in the Navy. <laughs> Lordship is about leadership, absolute leadership in the life of every follower of Christ. Say it with me again Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. There's another thing about leadership we need to see. Lordship reminds us of our place in this universe. Far too many of us have forgotten how we got where we are with the Lord. We put ourselves in the category of favored status with the Lord but we seem to forget how we got there. We are favored, but we live and we move only by God's grace. We don't deserve what we've been given. How then did we start feeling as though we are entitled somehow to everything good the Lord has for us? How then did we start feeling entitled to his favor regardless of whether we are truly devoted to him at the time or not? Some of us have, I think, begun taking our relationship with God for granted. Some of us have gloried in our status as sons or daughters of God and forgotten that we owe everything to God's grace. Some of us have started taking advantage of our Father's love and generosity so that we think He owes us whatever we want and that somehow He's standing around just waiting to bless us, waiting to answer our prayers, waiting to do whatever we want him to do. And somehow that's all very, very backwards. We may somehow forget that he is king of kings and Lord of lords. We may forget that he is our creator and the source of life from whom we deserve nothing. We may forget that he is the Lord Almighty to whom every one of us must give an account. Remembering that Jesus is our Lord reminds us of our place in this universe. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Thirdly, lordship doesn't come automatically. No matter who our parents may have been, no matter how good, how Christian, it must be chosen, this thing called lordship. You know, Eli served the Lord faithfully for many years, but he had two sons that were scoundrels. Samuel himself was blameless in following the Lord, but he had two sons, Joel and Abijah, who were corrupt. David was described by God himself as a man after God's own heart, but he had several children whose devotion to God was questionable. And this list just goes on and on. Lordship must be chosen. At times, the choice to make God's one's Lord goes the other way. As it did when the good king Josiah was the son of bad king Ammon and the grandson of bad king Manasseh. Josiah's life's ambition was to turn the hearts of his people back to the Lord. And he did. Every generation must decide for themselves whether they will serve the Lord wholeheartedly or not. Because lordship doesn't come automatically, it must be chosen and it must be lived out every day. So let's say it again. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Lordship is about leadership, absolute leadership in someone's life. Lordship reminds us of our place in this universe as servants, albeit children of God. Lordship doesn't come automatically, but must be chosen by every person when they become accountable for their lives and their eternal destiny. So let's not play any games. Let's not think the question of lordship is no longer an issue for any of us because it's still a question, a choice that must be made every day. It's entirely possible for us to think that we are a follower of Jesus and not even be one. It's possible to fool everyone else and even ourselves. And how do I know that? Because Jesus told us that. In his Sermon on the Mount, he warned his disciples that many people at the judgment will think they are close to him when they are not. He said in Matthew 7, 21 to 23, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you apart from me, you evildoers. Many will claim that they have been serving Christ when they really have not. Many will claim good works for God who only did them for themselves or maybe to impress other people. Many rely on external results of their lives to somehow validate their faith, but God examines our hearts he knows those who are truly his. Sadly, many self-deceived followers of Christ will hear the most frightening words any human being will ever hear from the lips of Jesus. Depart from me, I never knew you. As Alan Snap said, sound doctrine is vital. Spiritual power is essential. But the distinguishing mark of a disciple isn't a mind filled with doctrine and it's not a life filled with miraculous power. The distinguishing mark of a disciple is a life surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. I am not sent a pilgrim here, my heart with earth to fill, but I am here God's grace to learn and serve God's sovereign will. He leads me on through smiles and tears. Grief follows gladness still. But let me welcome both alike, since both work out his will. No service in itself is small, none great, though earth it fill. But that is small that seeks its own, and great that seeks God's will. Then hold my hand, most gracious Lord. Guide all my doings still, and let this be my life's one aim to do or bear thy will. Father in heaven, we are grateful for your word. We are grateful for that word as a living instrument you use to reach deep into our hearts and our minds and our souls so that we might understand that you are the one that knows exactly what you find there that we feel that accountability to you, that we understand that this question of lordship is not something that we can answer just by some kind of action or some impression we make on someone else by attending church or by learning a lot about the Bible or even doing many good things for you. But it's a question of leadership in our lives. It's a question of submission and surrender total surrender to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help each of us to evaluate our own hearts today and see that we are truly following Christ as our Lord and Savior. Lord, someday everyone will bow before Jesus. Your word declares that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and all will recognize that he is Lord of all to your glory forever. And I pray that we would recognize Jesus' Lordship now, and we would live in his Lordship and leadership in our lives every day. Strengthen and guide us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.